Gonzaga Nation SI, just wanted to dive in a little bit deeper onto the Drew Timmy decision to declare for the NBA draft and also kind of uh, let you know some of the uh, deadlines and dates that are important to consider. Uh, obviously, wish him well. I think it's the correct decision uh, to declare for the NBA draft. But um, one of the, the things that I don't think most people realize is he does still have an opportunity to come back to Gonzaga uh, if he so chooses. And I'll go through some of the reasons of why he would decide to come back. Uh, also share with you a couple of the reasons why he may stay in the draft. But uh, the first thing he's doing is he's doing everything the right way by working with a NBA and NCAA certified agent to help him gather uh, and gain feedback from NBA front offices and evaluators, both individual teams as well as the league office as well, where um, you know they have as good a pulse as anybody on where draft prospects truly may lie. Uh, very, very rarely is there a, a true surprise um, to the NBA draft uh, evaluators of where somebody is going to fall in a draft. Um, they study this uh, 365 days a year where the average college fan has a really good eye and a view on, hey, he's a tremendous college player. He must be great at the next level. Or there might be a so-so a college player, but he's not in a system that a uh, college coach really accentuates his strengths. Um, and his strengths may be something that fits much better in the NBA game. You see that happen all the time. And so there's many w different ways to look at this. But uh, all in all, I think, uh, you know, um, he's made the right decision. I 100% respect the comment that he made in his uh, statement in saying, hey, everybody's goal and dream at this level is to play in the NBA. Um, he's always wanted to play professionally. Um, and that's one reason he has become such a good player because he's driven by a big goal. He's driven by a big dream and he's worked incredibly hard um, to be uh, one of the best college basketball players uh, over the last two years. You know, two-time All-American, um, played deep into two NCAA tournaments, um, and he's done everything right by the books. Um, so uh, wishing him nothing but the best of luck, but we're going to look now at some of uh, the logistics behind it. So the NBA draft is on June 23rd. Um, it always uh, is late June, and there's a process leading up to the NBA draft, and I'm going to walk you through it a little bit now. Um, so any early entry candidate, meaning you've not exhausted your college eligibility, um, you have to send paperwork documentation into the NBA office um, that you are going to declare for the NBA draft. And so that deadline uh, is April 24th. So um, if that date comes and goes and players uh, from a college program do not put their name in the NBA draft, they are not eligible to be drafted. So um, that's the first step that has to happen. So uh, obviously after the end of the season, you know that uh, there's going to be you know time for reflection, both individually, time for reflection, uh, player and coaching staff, and I'm sure player and family and or advisors uh, who've helped him up to that point. So, um, you know, as of now, today is April 8th when recording this. Um, there's about 16 days left before uh, we'll know the full early entry list. There is now, you know, because of the rules of allowing guys to go back and withdraw, um, you're going to see a, a ton of names, guys that don't even make sense. Um, 
testing the NBA waters, uh, you'll see probably upwards of two, 300 players uh, on the early entry um, list for the NBA. And that'll get trimmed down when guys decide to go back to school. Um, but unfortunately, many guys are making the wrong decision. Um, you know, Drew Timmy to me is not one of those. Uh, I think he's, as mentioned, he's doing it the right way. Um, the next couple things that really uh, come into play as far as dates and what is important. The NBA Draft Combine is, is held in Chicago every year in mid-May. This year it's May 16th through the 22nd. Essentially what the Draft Combine is, is it's about a week-long event where absolutely everybody in the NBA uh, evaluation circles, front office, uh, executives, general managers, vice president of basketball operations, scouts, both, uh, you know, uh, player personnel scouts from in that focus on the NBA side, player personnel scouts that focus on the college side. Uh, you'll have the international scouts that work for each team come over so, you know, they can kind of uh, give their feedback of what they say, they, what they see comparative to what they've seen in Europe over the course of the year. So uh, it's essentially uh, a who's who of um, the NBA front office evaluators. For teams that are no longer in the NBA playoffs um, at that time, you'll see a lot of coaches there as well um, to evaluate the players because a lot of times coaches won't know anything about the players that have been <laughs> just drafted um, by their team until the draft, um, especially if it's a team that goes deep in the playoffs. Many times uh, coaches won't know anything about a particular player. They may have heard a name, uh, but they won't know much about a player uh, and until maybe the day of or the day before uh, an NBA pre-draft workout, which I'll touch on uh, later on. Um, but May 16th and 20, through the 22nd, you, you're going to have uh, individual meetings if requested by NBA teams or prospects. You're going to have uh, physical um, measurements. So somebody might say they're 6'6". You come back, you get measured. Well, you're 6'3". You might say you're 2'10". You, you get weighed you get a, a body fat tested, you get uh, EKGs, you get a, just a full run of, of uh, physical um, testing uh, to get your true measurements. Um, and then you're going to have a couple days of, of skill development and skill work as well as scrimmages. So um, the NBA tweaks the, the process every few years, but um, traditionally what they've done is they've broken things down into to position-specific groups where um, players will, will be put through a series of workouts um, to, for players to be able to show their skill set, their fundamental base, their shooting ability. Um, and then they'll also be put in game situations where you'll be put on a team five on five, maybe a roster of eight to nine guys on the team. Uh, you'll play a couple of different scrimmages over a couple of days. And, and, and in regards to that, uh, you'll have a, a coach who's got a ton of NBA experience, might be a current assistant coach in the NBA, might be a G League coach uh, that's kind of working their way up uh, within an organization. And they'll put in basic offense and defense, what they want to see run, things to accentuate certain players' skill set to be able to show. Um, and then they'll make sure they try to hide some perceived flaws from different guys. Because that's one thing that's so important throughout this process. Accentuate your strengths and hide your perceived flaws. So uh, those don't become so glaring that you're undraftable uh, or si unsignable uh, in a team's eyes. But again, it only takes one team to like you. So 
if, if one team likes you, that's all you need to get your pro professional career started. Uh, right after uh, the combine gets started, the NBA draft lottery is May 17th. That's always a big day um, for guys that are, are projected in uh, early first round lottery type picks because, um, you know, you, you might have the worst record in the league, but you don't win the lottery. You're drafting fifth now. And it completely changes maybe the player that is available at five. You might have the, the record that would uh, statistically make you think you're going to have the 13th or 14th pick in the draft. Um, but somehow you win the draft or, or have a successful lottery and you're drafting one, two or three. It, it happens all the time. Um, but with your current roster makeup, you might not need a certain player. So now all of a sudden you're drafting seven, eight spots ahead of where you might be. That might open up uh, your evaluation deeper into a player uh, or it might open up trade options and uh, opportunities because somebody in the current draft now is somebody that you really pinpoint and think is someone you want in your organization. So I think for, for Chet Holmgren's sake, um, that la the lottery date of May 17th, I know he hasn't declared anything yet, but we think he's gone. Um, I think that May 17th date is really important um, to see who has those one, two, three draft picks because uh, I, I think he, he goes no lower than, lower than three. Um, I honestly, I think it's a toss-up between him and Van Carroll, honestly, for one and two. I think Jabari Smith is really close at three, and Jaden Ivey maybe at four. But, um, you know, so much comes down to who holds that pick. You know, what does their roster makeup look like? What is their vision for their, their organization, how they want to play and how they want to structure their roster? Um, next important thing to look at would be the early entry withdrawal date of June 1st. Uh, this June 1st date is something to absolutely keep your eye on because Drew Timmy is declared for the draft, as has so many other players right now. But as long as they do it the right way and they're they're being represented by a certified NBA and NCA uh, agent, a rep, uh, they can withdraw their name from the NBA draft, retain their college eligibility, uh, and go back to their their current school or they can enter the transfer portal at that time. So June 1 is, is really the date that um, Gonzaga fans will know 100% is Drew Timmy in the draft or is he um, coming back to Gonzaga. So um, that, that's really probably the most important date of all, unless he gets great feedback uh, at the combine or a pre-draft workout and somebody tells him and his representatives, hey, we're picking you no matter what in the second round, and he's comfortable with that. Or – Maybe he blows people out of the water and he does creep up into the first round and he gets a guarantee. Um, that's something that would definitely put him uh, not withdrawing his name from the NBA draft. But a couple of other things to consider about how this whole entire process works. So obviously two things. One thing, first thing, is you have to be a good enough player to be put in this position. Um, and you have to be a good enough player to, to be able to be um, – where you can put your name in the draft and you can be realistically evaluated and looked at by front office evaluators. Too many guys, in my opinion, over the last few years has is, is used this um, as, hey, I think I'm ready, but there's absolutely no way. Guys that average three points a game are, are using the system to get front office evaluations, but and they'll give them to a certain extent, but at the same time, it's like, dude, you average three points a game, uh, your skill set doesn't match. You're not you haven't even cracked the starting rotation and, and proven anything uh, at the college level. You're not ready. 
And unfortunately, that's the nature of college basketball to the NBA is too many people want to speed up the process and leave when they're too young uh, and not quite ready. Uh, An example of that is great with Gonzaga just from a few years ago. Zach Norvell, uh, I think he was poised to be a a breakout All-American the next season. Um, He was hearing things from an agent, a rep. Uh, that was saying he was going to be drafted and he was going to, to um, be in this certain range. And unfortunately for him, he went through the process, which I thought was great, but then he didn't pull his name out of the draft. And um, he's had a couple short stints in the NBA. He's played in the G League. I don't know if he's gone overseas. Uh, I, I think he's an NBA-level player if given the chance. But had he come back to Gonzaga for one more year, he would have been on every preseason All-American list. He would have been the guy, uh, instead of kind of the X factor coming in and making plays, uh, he would have been the guy that had to have been relied upon every single night. And I think that's an un, uh, undervalued uh, trait that is necessary to, to become a great pro. Is you got to bring it every night, whether you feel great, whether you're injured, you, you got to bring it every night and, and you got to you know provide value on the floor. And I think that's what a lot of guys miss out on uh, when they leave too soon. Um, as opposed to getting themselves right where you're going to be a lasting pro uh, at the level you want, the NBA, as opposed to just being a pro because there is a difference. Um, But the next piece would be Drew Timmy and other players. um, In addition to the combine, you would have opportunities to be invited to uh, work out uh, for individual NBA teams at their facilities. it, it, it's changed over the years, but I know for when I went through the process back in 2002, which uh, oddly enough is 20 years ago, I had 18 different in workouts for different teams. So you go typically the day before you would go to uh, the city. Um, if you're a very highly valued prospect, somebody they are, are very interested in, uh, they would take you to dinner with maybe the general manager maybe the head coach or a couple assistant coaches um, and really try to get to know your personality, get to know a little bit more about you. Um, If it, if it was a group of players or if you were a player that maybe they they liked to bring in for a workout to get a look at, but you weren't um, truly a priority um, you might have uh, somebody that's lower uh, on the totem pole in the front office, take you and that group to dinner. Uh, so you kind of kind of sift through and understand, you know, your pecking order possibly with organizations pretty quickly, even as a draft prospect. Um, so that would be the, the prior, uh, the, the first night of a NBA draft workout. The second would be the day um, and a, the, true, the pre-draft workout at a facility for a team. Um, it could consist of anywhere from one player up to usually six. And, you know, I, I've seen it done both ways. My year as a player development coach with the Portland Trailblazers, when I was putting guys through pre-draft workouts, um, the only one that was a single workout was Damian Lillard, who ended up drafting at six. Uh, the majority of workouts that we put together that year were six guys, uh, where we could go three on three um, and, and, and see them play live out of different situational um, uh, aspects of the game, whether it's throw the ball to the post, and play out of that, whether it's pick and roll and play out of that, whether it's um, wide pin down or floppy actions and play out of that. So um, the pre-draft workout that day, usually they'll, they'll do some physical testing um, just so they see what might 
have caught their eye in Chicago. Is was that true? Let's take a closer look at that. Or hey, that was unbelievable. Let's let's see that again. Or maybe you know uh, you didn't quite test out as well as they wanted or would like to see in a certain aspect, and they do it again, hoping that if they really liked you, you would test out better, um, just to give them the feedback there that they would be looking for. You would usually do that uh, before you would go through the workout, and the the workouts um, would typically be an hour to an hour and a half workouts where you're getting a ton of ton of footwork ball handling uh and, sh and shots up uh, and then you would get into um the actual competing and playing whether it's some one-on-one -on -one stuff live action or the three-on-three -three that i mentioned out of situations to, to get a feel for how guys play and, and compete so um that's tremendous i think that's something that that will be invaluable uh, for Drew Timmy because and I think that's invaluable for the front office because Drew Timmy's game when you see it in person it, it, it's tremendous on TV but when you see it in person uh, you see the competitiveness you see uh, the footwork you see the balance you see the command and control that he has on the game and he's done it against the best uh, you know in particular the last two years but for three years now Gonzaga he's done it against the best and he showed up against good competition uh, I, I, I think what you'll see is in some of these workouts, uh, front offices that put him through, they're going to match him up with big, tall, long, lanky defenders that, that are aggressive and have some strength, guys that have given him some issues um, during during the past two seasons. So I think you would see um, you know, guys similar to a Mark Williams at, at Duke, um, similar to a Jalen Williams at Arkansas, guys like that, guys that he would have to contend with uh, at the NBA level night in and night out to get a better feel. So I think though that's invaluable for Drew as well as the front offices and, and how they're going to look at things. Um, but I think the biggest thing you got you got to understand um, if you're a Gonzaga fan and looking at this, it's a long process. Um, it's it's not a clear cut like it is with uh, somebody who's a top five pick where boom it's automatic you're gone you know where you're going you're going uh, you know you're about where you're going to be in the draft but you just don't quite know um, you know where because the lottery hasn't happened. Um, maybe some some trades uh, haven't quite occurred, which can't happen until after the NBA Finals is over. But teams are are discussing those year round, essentially. Um, so I think it's going to be a long process. I think uh, Drew Timmy's in as good a position as he could be um, to really dive in and learn where he's at, and at the end of the day, what he wants to do. And he's earned this. You know, I, I saw. Unfortunately, I saw a little bit of blowback on Twitter with his decision. Um, but he's earned it. He's earned every right to go through the process and take as long as he wants. Uh, I wish him nothing but the best of luck. And it's going to be fall fun following this process and this journey for him uh, if you're a Gonzaga basketball fan. So um, it will impact a few things with Gonzaga as far as um, how active are they in the transfer portal with multiple front court players. Do they expect him to come back? Uh, do they kind of hold off? Uh, maybe with a, an open scholarship or two so that they, they can hold those off until June 1 with that early entry withdrawal date um, for, for truly going after some guys in the portal. Because the other thing to consider is there's going to be other guys that are in the draft. They don't get feedback that they like. They withdraw, but they don't want to go back to their school. And so that might open up some opportunities for Gonzaga as well. So just wanted to shed a little bit more light on how the process works now that everybody knows Drew Timmy has declared for the NBA draft. But for Gonzaga, Gonzaga Nation SI and the Gonzaga Nation Media Network, thanks for listening.